Florida Hospital extends its healing mission beyond its hospital doors as it presents this vital information to you. Health Chats by Florida Hospital. Here's Melanie Cole. Childhood obesity has more than doubled in children and quadrupled in adolescent in the past 30 years, reaching what experts are now calling epidemic proportions. My guest today is Dr. Mihir Tolat. He's a pediatrician with Florida Hospital. Welcome to the show, Dr. Tolat. Tell us what's going on with children today in the obesity epidemic that you are seeing as a pediatrician, and what are your theories on some of the causes? So, Melanie, so childhood obesity has become a national, not only a national, but a global health epidemic. In the U.S., nearly one-third of the children that are aged 2 years to 19 years are overweight or obese, according to the 2014 um, statistics by CDC. And worldwide, nearly 41 million children under the age of 5 are are either obese or overweight. It is very concerning to me as a pediatrician and to parents because these children who who are obese tend to become obese and overweight as adults, putting them at higher risk for heart disease, for type 2 diabetes, for dyslipidemia, and also social and emotional difficulties such as stigmatization and low self-esteem. So it's really important as a pediatrician, as a parent, that we deal with this epidemic as early as we can and as young as they are before it gets to manifest its ugly head as an adult. So Dr. Tolat, as far as health effects of childhood obesity, you are seeing even things that used to be just adult diseases, like diabetes type 2, which used to be called adult onset, it's not anymore, and high blood pressure and things. You're seeing these in children now, yes? Yes, yes. It's becoming more prevalent, especially with the poor dieting and lack of exercise that's been going on um, in society today, that now these diseases that we saw only in adults are also happening in adolescents. So what are you as pediatricians doing if a parent comes into your office? Are we taking BMIs of children now? Is this a standard thing to do? And then how do you talk to parents about what the results of a BMI are? Okay, so by definition, um, so BMI are calculated in children that are two years and older. Under the age of two, like from babies until about 23 months, we take what what we call weight for height values. And above 95 percentile, even in this age group, is somewhat concerning. So if they are at that level, we try to follow them more closely than we would otherwise. So after two, uh, BMI, we take it every healthcare visit for ages two years and, and beyond. And any BMI that's between 80th percentile to 94th percentile is considered overweight. And above 95th percentile or a BMI of 30 is considered obese. And once we have these values, we take further actions into finding out what reasons their BMIs are so high and what we can, what we can do, you know, as pediatricians, as parents, um, as society to help them over, you know, lose weight and overcome these challenges. Do you ever run into resistance from parents when you tell them that their child has a weight issue? And sometimes you would see that the parent has a weight issue as well. So to be honest with you, a lot of times, most of the obese children that we do see have parents that are also obese. I've also seen that a lot of times, you know, it's a family-oriented approach. So many times the practice the parents have in terms of their diet, exercise, the kids also have the similar kind of um, lifestyles because they look up to the parents as role models for what is ideal and what is appropriate 
in terms of diet and exercise, and they kind of follow the same trend, making them also obese like the parents. What do you tell parents who say to you, but my kid's a picky eater, he won't eat vegetables, and he doesn't really like to eat healthy food, he just likes his junk food? I mean, we counsel parents on you know, the harmful effects of you know, unhealthy foods, you know, what it can lead to later in life. But to be all honest, education and counseling can only go so far. There has to be some structured um, behavioral modification that has to take place if we are to see any changes. Like, we have to make sure we tell parents, because there's several culprits of obesity that, that have been identified, such as intake of sugar sweetened beverages like sodas, iced teas, sweet teas, sports drinks, energy drinks, and juices that are advertised as juices, but they only contain 10% juice. We really tell parents that we want to minimize that because that's a lot of excess calories which are of no use. Um, so AAP actually recommends that juice not be, be only given at an amount of 4 to 6 ounces in children that are 1 to 6 years and no more than 12 ounces for those above um, the age of 6 years. So no more than that. Not only does these sweetened beverages lead to um, excessive weight gain, but also can lead to tooth decay. The other thing we also recommend for parents is that to minimize the foods that are increased energy dense, such as you know fat-rich meats, fried foods, foods, fast foods, sweets, cheeses. On contrary, we tell them to go for healthier options. So it's always important that kids want options, you know. It's not like, you know, we can't be an authoritarian parent and say, you know, you must eat this, this, this. You want to give kids options, but you want to make them choose from the healthier options. Like, you know, you have the veggie sticks or you have the fruits or you have, the, um, you know, the um, greens. Try to help them choose, but from a healthier version, a plate, as opposed to um, unhealthy foods. The other culprit that has been big in obesity is um, television viewing. So the American Academy of Pediatrics recommends that children under the age of two years should not be watching TV, and the ones that are above two years limited to no more than two hours a day. Because TV viewing or any kind of like, you know, games or computers or laptops, they're all sedentary form of activities, which takes away from the time that they can actually utilize to do physical activity. And also a lot of the commercials on TVs promote unhealthy things. Like there's a lot of commercials about fast food restaurants and unhealthy um, juices and foods. So it kind of promotes those as opposed to promoting healthy um, foods. We also recommend that they eat age-appropriate um, content. Like, you know, each age has a certain amount of calories that they need to grow. There's no need for excess calories beyond that, you know, because obesity is basically an equation of how much energy you take in and how much you put out. And it's, it's believed that, you know, it's easier to control what we can put in and the amount we take in as opposed to burning it off. Like that is a much more rigorous process to actually burn and do physical activity to burn all the excess calories we put in. So it's really important the foods we eat are, you know, ones that are low in calories or low in energy, uh, that are healthy, and we have portion control in terms of how much we eat. Um, besides the nutrition aspect of it, the other aspect we kind of push on is physical activity. So the Academy of American Pediatrics recommends that the kids at least do 60 minutes of moderate to vigorous activity per day. Um, hopefully some of that could be done in school with gym or other activities, but a lot of the stuff has to be done as a, could be done as a family. Like it doesn't have to be, you have to enroll in a gym. You can go for hikes, you can go for walks, you can walk the dog, you can do roller skating, 
You can use the stairs as opposed to, you know, using the elevators. You can walk to school if it's feasible. So we try to promote all these things to help, you know, work on this whole obesity epidemic. That's great advice, Dr. Tolot, limiting screen time as the AAP recommends and offering that healthy choices as opposed to a choice between a banana and maybe something that's very unhealthy, a piece of candy. So those are all great advice. Now, what about the schools? Because this is a huger problem than we even realize. And the schools are cutting gym and recess in favor of academics, but Mm -hmm. kids need to run around, get their beans out. What do you tell parents about community involvement and getting their children more active to prevent childhood obesity when the schools sometimes have to cut some of that activity time? Yeah, I, 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 I understand the academic portion of schools, but it's as a community, we need to work with the schools to promote these kind of activities. Um, I mean, like I said, it's not only about running around. A lot of the stuff that can be done also without an official, you know, reset a gym class or something, but we should promote a gym class. You know, that helps, you know, build esteem, self-esteem, and it helps promote healthy habits. The other thing with school that is important is, like, a child spends a lot of their days, a lot of their hours of the day in, a, in school. So it's important to know what they're even feeding in school. So parents should inquire about the menu at school, at lunch, cafeteria, that they're offering these healthy options because you don't want at home to promote healthy eating while at school they're getting pizza and, you know, other kind of um, unhealthy foods. That's great advice for parents to really make sure they inquire at their schools about the menu that the kids are getting. So wrap it up for us, Dr. Tolat, with your very best advice for parents in this epidemic of childhood obesity and and the dangers of children's health and what you want them to know about prevention or working with obese children? All right. So basically, I would encourage parents to buy fewer foods associated with that obesity. And if they buy these foods, like if it's a birthday or something like that, they should be bought right before that event happens and they should be disposed of right after the event is over. If you were to store that in the fridge, it should not be very visible in the front. It should be maybe in the back of the fridge where it's not readily visible. And if it preferably covered in something like a, a aluminum foil or something that where it's not a see-through thing. Because a lot of times when, you see, when some stuff is closer to us, we're more prone to you know, utilize those foods as opposed to the ones that are further from our reach or further from our, our sight. Um, I also recommend, you know, limiting the serving size of meals, like maybe use smaller size plates, bowls, spoons for for foods that are higher in calories versus bigger sizes for these items if the foods that we're giving are lower and healthier foods. Um, Decrease sedentary lifestyle options by removing television from the bedroom in areas where food consumption is done. I would limit the use of video games and computers to leave time for physical activity. And this whole thing, basically, I'll be honest with you, is a family-based intervention. So they're more effective than if we just focus on a child. The family has to work together, like I said, because children look up to parents as role models. So what the parents do, the children generally tend to model. So if the parents themselves want their children to become healthy adults, that the parents have to take that initiative now themselves to start also living a healthier lifestyle. Thank you so much for being with us, Dr. Tolat. It's really important information. You're listening to Health Chat by Florida Hospital. And for more information, you can go to fhpediatricians.com. That's fhpediatricians.com. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.